Well, hello everybody, boys and girls. Thank you for joining me in this beautiful Saturday morning in North Texas. Uh, as you can see from the background here, there's still some ice, snow. We just got through some uh, pretty cold weather um, this past few days, past week actually. And, um, a couple days ago, this was completely, completely, completely covered snow. Now we're able to walk around. You know, enjoying the sun a little bit, get some vitamin D. As you can see, I'm wearing my the sweater to my alma mater. This is uh, UT Arlington, go Mavericks, yay! <laughs> and our uh, guest for the day actually has something to do with the with higher education, specifically the uh, the bias against Asians in in higher education. His uh, name is Mr. Yukong Zhao. He works out of Florida. And um, I hope you give him a, a give him your time uh, to, to listen, especially as he explains what the struggles we're going through right now and where he came from and a little bit more about him too. So thank you for joining me again. Please hit the subscribe button. I'll see y'all. Mr. Yukong Sao, hailing from mainland China and now a Florida resident, he's the president of the Asian American Coalition for Education and a business strategist, formerly the director of global planning for Siemens Energy Inc. and now the president of Gulf International LLC. He's also the author of The Chinese Secrets for Success, Five Inspiring Confucian Values. It's now available on Amazon. So, Mrs. Zhang Sao, thank you for joining me. All right. So first uh, off, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, I pretty appreciate. It. First off, I found out that you were a congressional candidate. Uh, I think it was in 2018. So I thought that was real uh, fascinating. 2020. Was it, 2020? Yeah, 2020. Oh yeah. Oh, 2020. Also, it was actually very recent. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one thing I found out during your your run in Florida, I found out that your father was actually one of those pro, uh, persecuted by uh, Mao Zedong and during the Cultural Revolution. Uh, I, I believe I saw that in one of your ads. Now, for those that are unfamiliar with the Cultural Revolution, it is the uh, social political purge that happened to the enemies of the Communist Party of China, uh, which eventually became very violent. So uh, tell me, uh, Mr. Zhao, uh, how your upbringing in, during, in this environment con contributed to the person that you are today? Yeah, I, you know, I came to America in 1992, right, to pursue my American dream. But throughout the, my journey, by living through both China and uh, especially during the 1960s under dictator Chairman Mao, and also lives uh, and thriving in America, which a country gives us freedom, mm -hmm. you know, I feel very strong contrast. Over that, during Chinese Cultural Revolution, right? Uh, Chairman Mao used propaganda machines, red guards, and the kind of like uh, censorship, mm -hmm. political persecution, and a lot of things to control his power. End of the day, he uh, why he promised the good life to the poor. Mm -hmm. End of the day, he not only destroyed the life of the rich, also destroyed, starved to death tens of millions of you know, Chinese people, many are poor parents. Mm -hmm. 
So it, I, the reason I was running for the U.S. Congress is I don't want this kind of tragedy happen to my family, happen to uh, you know hundreds of millions of Chinese people also happen to America. Mm -hmm. So I want to say this is country of freedom. But you know that country, especially under Chairman Mao, is really dictatorship. Is a very brutal, like you know, authoritarian rule. We mm -hmm. don't want it happening. I think those of us who immigrated here, well, you know, uh, from another country, uh, really appreciate how America has really given us this opportunity to be able to have our voice and to be able to express ourselves, pursue our dreams and our passions. Um, however, you were talking about like during that time that uh, during Mao's era that there was a lot of censorship, a lot of like, it almost sounds like the cancel culture that we're having today. Um, and some people have actually had this comparison where the cancel culture today is kind of similar to how it was uh, during when the cultural revolution started. Um, what say you, sir? Uh, I want to say, unfortunately, it's very similar, right? He, uh, over there, you know, Chairman Mao and the communists use some kind of, uh, like, uh, untrue propaganda, uh, you know, set up their moral authority, right? Mm -hmm. They claim, you know, all the working class, you know, peasants were exploited by the landlord by the capitalist, right? And he said the Communist Party is going to save the peasants, give the, uh, you know, prosperity to the parents, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and also the, they, they use the really the, like uh, the uh, untrue, uh, uh, you know, premise to really establish moral authority. That's number one. Very similar to what is happening today. Yeah. For example, yeah. the radical left, claim, you know, uh, this country has systematic racism, which is totally untrue. They use that to establish moral authority that mm -hmm. is, you know, unfunded. We mm -hmm. do have pocket, you know, issues in terms of racism, but overall this country in this regard has done, I think the best than many, many, most other countries. Mm -hmm. So that, that is the first thing. Second thing is they use the, like uh, the political uh, like censorship mm -hmm. to suppress opposition, you know, to really, uh, today we're experiencing the council culture, right? It's mm -hmm. very similar. And another thing is they re rewrite the history for example, during Chinese Cultural Revolution, you know, they all the all traditional cultural value like Confucian value mm -hmm. were totally denounced or you know was not allowed to uh, be included in the education, you know, mm -hmm. children's education. Mm -hmm. So everything was everybody was brainwashed by the communist stuff. So that led to a lot of people uh, blindly like uh, follow Chairman Mao. And uh, so today, you know, the similar things, you know, we have a great funding father like George Washington, mm -hmm. Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. Also, they made some mistake, for example, on slavery. Yeah, no, nobody's when we look at, uh, You know, when we look at a political uh, historical figure, we always look at, uh, you know, what is his uh, like contribution versus mistake he made. Mm -hmm. If only part, a small portion of the mistake, 
his uh, you know his contribution is much stronger you know over you know over with the weakness we should really still respect them right mm -hmm. when we're not endorsed like slavery system yeah, yeah. but you know nobody is perfect so uh, you were mentioning, uh, you know, Confucian values, and it's kind of steers into the actually the, the main subject where I found you uh, and, and asked you to come join me today is because of education. And that's one of the biggest things in Confucian values is education. And I think all of us who uh, who grown up in an Asian family uh, know how important education is for, uh, you know, for our children, for all of us. But there is something going on in the education system right now that's affecting a lot of Asians, especially Asian Americans here. And that's something that you're been, you've been fighting about. So I want to ask, uh, during the Trump administration, you and your organization, which is the Asian American Coalition for Education, were instrumental on the lawsuits uh, regarding the, the racial bias against Asian Americans in the institutions of higher learning. Uh, most of our audience probably don't know that this type of uh, discrimination exists. And it's happening in our schools. So why don't you just give us a quick background of what is going on there and kind of explain to our audience why you're, you founded this organization? Uh, sure. As a matter of fact, ever since 1990s, right, uh, some HGMAC already filed complaint against Harvard. And there was many study in America in all the like uh, good uh, high you know selective schools colleges around the country 42 states mm -hmm. they all use the uh, admission model of Harvard University to discriminate against Asian American children uh, basically they use high admission standard use a de facto racial code and also uh, racial stereotype Mm -hmm. I want to give a couple examples. One is a high admission standard, right? According to the study by Tom's Aspen Shade of Princeton University, for Asian applicant, in order to get American's top universities, given all the conditions are equal, we have to score 140 points in SAT higher than the white, 270 mm -hmm. points higher than Hispanic and mm -hmm. 450 points higher than the black. Mm -hmm. Also, we have suffered a lot of personal rating, like say, they claim we don't have leadership, we don't have like risk-taking attitude, which is insulting because oh, yeah. Asian American oh, are among the leading entrepreneurship leading in technology innovation, technology startup, right? So they use this kind of stereotype to discriminate Asian Americans. So as a result, what is happening is in Asian American community, all children, we don't have like a, a lot of crime issue, drug issue, mm -hmm. but what we suffer is really depression because a lot of work, overwhelming workload, higher admission standard, right? According to a, a survey by insider, you know, higher education, 32% mm -hmm. of admission office from a public college and 42 from the private college admitted they use higher admission standard, right, to discriminate against Asian American. So we have even some children suffer, uh, you know, because high workload, you know, some children even suffer like, you know, some psychology issue, even mm -hmm. feel like uh, commit suicide. So this wow. is a, a huge discrimination against Asian American. And also this is number one, the only one in terms of, 
use race-based policy discriminate any racial group. Mm-hmm. That is currently is happening now mm-hmm. uh, in the like 19th or 20th century. We still have Jimmy Crow, other things, right? Mm-hmm. But today, yeah. you know, all the other historic slavery that kind of you know law being abolished. Mm-hmm. But affirmative action is the only one. So that's the reason in 2014, I you know call upon Asian Americans united to support our children. Mm-hmm. And then in May of 2015, mm-hmm. we united a uh, uh, 64 organizations filed a complaint against Harvard. Mm-hmm. One year later, we united 132 organizations filed a complaint against Yale University. The good thing was, uh, like the Trump administration, mm-hmm. they you know launched investigation against Yale University, and uh, we after the two-year investigation, they found the Yale University systematically discriminate Asian American oh, and yeah. white okay. American, and then they launched a lawsuit last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, the Biden administration just dropped the lawsuit on you know February. 3rd. Yeah, I I saw I read in the Wall Street Journal that the Biden administration's uh, DOJ just dropped a lawsuit right then and there, and that really disappointed me because what you were talking about, how how it affected it affected the kids, you know, the the children, because when I when I was in high school, and I'm gonna tell you a personal story from me, and I grew up uh, in South Texas, and even there, which not there's not a lot of Asian Amer- Asian kids there, but even me when I was told when I was taking my PSAT, I was told that if you're Asian, you're going to need to score at least 100 points higher than the rest of everybody to have, a, you know, uh, to be accepted. And it didn't hit me at the time, but then I just kind of felt, I felt pretty depressed. I felt like, you know, I felt discouraged with my work because, uh, you know, as you, as you all know, in Asian families, you, you know, you have to excel in school like, like, or, it's, it's, you know, there's a, there's a meme going on right now that if you don't, ex- if you don't succeed, you know, you get it, you, put, you bring shame almost. But, um, but uh, you know, thanks to God, I, I got through that. Um, but going back to this whole issue, um, I believe that the racial bias uh, against Asians in general, it doesn't just stop here and i think that's this is why why i think your work is very important because it just doesn't stop at the at the educational institutions it actually would extend out to the workplace as you well know there uh, there has been some uh, bias against asians now in in the tech field uh in hiring in the tech field uh there's a recent uh tech firm actually that was in trouble for posting in their job board uh that they would like to hire a quote non-asian uh, so this type of racialist type of categorizing is actually bleeding into society and it's feeding into the, to the racist stereoty- stereotypes of, of all of us. Now, if you could tell the Biden administration one thing, what kind of reform can they do right now if they, if they take a look at this issue again seriously and maybe even turn away from what they're doing now and, and take a look at it seriously, what can they do right now to help us help Asian Americans not become one of these targets of racial discrimination in, in, the, edu- in the field? You know, I want to tell you, uh, when President Biden signed exa- uh, executive order on January 26th, right? 
he mm. promised to really to fight for racism against Asian American. Mm -hmm. But very unfortunately, just eight days later, right, his administration dropped the lawsuit against Yale University. So I really think, you know, President Biden, if they, he really want to, you know, take care, you know, help Asian American com communities, he needs really fulfill his promise. Mm -hmm. You know, from education uh, area, he should not really continue playing the identity politics. He mm -hmm. should treat everybody the, everybody the same because according to 14th Amendment of the US Constitution, we have equal protection. The same thing, I think, great example you mentioned about a tech firm. They mm -hmm. they try to recruit somebody with non-Asian background. They see a blatant, you know, discrimination against oh, yeah. Asian American. That should be banned, should be punished, you know. So his U.S. Uh, Department of, you know, Justice should, you know, take a case on that. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, his, uh, you know, uh, his administration, you know, play a lot of identity politics in the name so-called diversity, and so, and also they call the racial equity. You know, mm -hmm. this country is built upon equal opportunity, built upon the mass, you know, meritocracy. Mm -hmm. It's not you know, equal results, but what yeah. they are promoting yeah. is equal results. So China during the Cultural Revolution, you know, Chairman Mao, you know, they implement the similar thing called equal results. End mm -hmm. of the day, nobody I were incentivized to contribute. So China, you know, went to like almost economic collapse, you know, mm -hmm. and it's everybody starved to death. That's the wrong direction. So they need to change the course. They need to treat everybody equally, just like what Dr. Martin Luther, uh, Luther King said, you know, we want our children to be judged by contents of their character, also by their, by their merit, not by their skin color. Yeah, I totally agree. What do you think, um, are you hopeful for the future of Asian Americans in America? Uh, yes, I think, uh, you know, no matter what, America is the greatest nation on earth. So I think uh, currently we are hopeful is uh, with the upcoming, like uh, the lawsuits, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to uh, uh, basically a uh, student for federal mission already filed the lawsuits ever since 2014 against Harvard University. Although we lose two uh, ruling, one in the district court of Boston, mm -hmm. and also another is the first appeal court. Right now, this year is going to the U.S. Supreme Court with over uh, with majority of uh, the justice who adhere to the U.S. Constitution. Right? They mm -hmm. they prefer the so-called original list approach. Mm -hmm. So I hope you know with that. The ruling, upcoming ruling from U.S. Supreme Court will ban the use of race in college admission. If that happens, it will, you know, lead to the true equality to all American children. So mm -hmm. it will totally eliminate the legal discrimination against Asian American children. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be watching closely uh, for the cases to come, and uh, I'll be watching your organization. I, before we close, I have one more question for you, and mm -hmm. it's kind of a curveball, but 
seeing that you've been a very successful businessman and, uh, you know, you've gone through a lot to come over here to America. And I see uh, your book collection in the back there. I also have a book collection outside and mm-hmm. it's a sign of a wise man. So seeing that what you've learned over the years, what advice would you give a younger Yukong Zhao? So I guess, uh, you know, for younger generation of Americans, I think uh, they care about this society is great. But what I live through is, you know, when, when we look at the public policies, you need to look at not only the objective, the purpose of policy, you need to also look at the effectiveness, what's the results. Example, socialism. A communism, right? Their purpose is so honorable. They want to save the poor, right? Bring the prosperity to the poor. End of the day, they, you know, killed millions of people, lead to disastrous, not, uh, you know, economic results, not only to the rich, also to the poor. So I want a younger generation really look at each public policy, look at not only their purpose, also look at effectiveness, look at the results. Is there the mechanism really generate good results? If not, no matter how you know, glorified the policy is, we should denounce, reject them. All right, Mr. Sal, thank you very much for your time. I truly appreciate it. I, I wish you the best in all, in all your endeavors. And uh, Thank you very much for, for your interview. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you.